your butts. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Blue Chip Scouting NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Miller, joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt Valdivinos. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm always doing good. I've actually very much enjoyed the day-to-day. I went grocery shopping with my mom. Uh, I've been working on some fantasy football stuff. I joined the IDP Dynasty League, and I've been writing an article. So it's, it's been a good morning. It's been a good day for me. That's good. I've done some lawn work um, and played some Xbox and tried to figure out what's going on with my Audacity. So it's been fun. Um, Audacity had the Audacity to just completely not work for me the first time we tried to record this morning. And then this afternoon, it went haywire on me again. So we're hoping that it lasts this 25 or so minutes uh, so we can give you the Jacksonville Jaguars draft recap. And they start off by taking cornerback C.J. Henderson from Florida. Matt, this seemed like one of those picks that we knew was going to happen going into that Thursday. Just as long as they stayed at that pick, right? Yeah, barring a slide from Jeff Okuda, I don't think there was any actual thought process that they wouldn't go Henderson to me it was I really liked Henderson as, as CB2 and I felt very comfortable with him and I, I felt that the NFL was going to view it that way as well and they traded both of their starting cornerbacks in the past six months in Jalen Ramsey and AJ Boye so it was a massive need for them I do think that maybe one of the receivers might have gotten some consideration but at the end of the day Henderson is too good a prospect at a position of massive massive need for the Jaguars so it just made a lot of sense yeah and and you know some people even had him as you know, they're CB1, some people in the community, which was interesting to me because I didn't see it. Like, I mean, you and me both, mm-hmm. Jeffrey Kuda was the best cornerback prospect that we had seen up to this date. And it all has to do with the athletic upside that CJ Henderson provides and the length that he has. And it's not like Jeffrey Kuda doesn't have length either. The difference between the two is CJ Henderson is a little bit faster overall. Um, and I think that people like his fluidity because of, you know, at the end of the day, Jeffrey Akuda, even though they're about the same height and, and weight overall, Jeffrey Akuda looks like a stockier player, right? He doesn't look like that long yeah, the boundary corner mm-hmm. that you're going to put in cover three and let play forward and, and use his arms to come in and dislodge passes at the catch point. Um, he just doesn't look like that type of player. Um, and so I think that's kind of why folks had some folks had CJ Henderson ranked so high, but at the end of the day, it's a pick that we all expected and it wasn't a bad pick at the end of the day. Um, the next one that they had, they had another first round pick and I think it worked out really well for them. They ended up, uh, Kalevon Chason fell to them. <laughs> we believe Yannick Ngakwe is going somewhere at some point in this process, even though he hasn't yet. How did you feel about the Caleb Von Chase on pick? And did you expect him to be available at 20? Yeah, I thought, I mean, the furthest I thought he was, or the earliest, I'm sorry, I thought he really would go was probably 17 to the Cowboys. So for me, this is kind of that area that I thought he should have gotten. And I thought the NFL was going to value him, right? And the issue is we see a lot of potential, a lot of upside that the NFL typically 
really, really likes and bets on, but he didn't have near the production that you see from an edge rusher that gets drafted in the first round. So there were a bit of moving parts that I could see the NFL teams kind of fighting themselves on. So right here at about 20 made a lot of sense to me. I mocked him here to the Jaguars a couple of times throughout the process uh, going here at 20. I really, really like the fit. I think it provides another level of versatility that they already have on a defense that has a Miles Jack, a defense that has a Ronnie Harrison, that has a Josh Allen, has a lot of just the ability to play a bunch of different positions, I think it's going to be really, really good. And they're very, very fast on defense, which is huge. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. It's going to be interesting to see how they deploy both Chase on and Josh Allen because we know that they were both kind of those tweener players coming out. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Caleb on play a little bit of off ball. I wouldn't be surprised to see Josh Allen, you know, run uh, a lot of off ball as well and have them just kind of rotate depending on what the formation is and what they want to do on a particular rep. I think that they can have a lot of fun with those two guys. Their next pick was in the second round, and it was LaVisca Chenault from Colorado, who, I mean, I, I liked him. I think I liked him more than you liked him. Um... But I thought that this was a little bit high, and I think that it was a little bit high because of the issues that he had with you know injuries and him not being a, a very good route runner overall. I just don't know how good of a fit he's going to be, you know, with a bad quarterback. Now, what might you know change that is if they do use him as a, a running back, wide receiver, hybrid type player, um, who they try to get manufactured touches for and let him get into space against secondary members because I think that he can break tackles at a high level at the at the NFL level because of his frame and his athleticism. Yeah, I mean, I think if he was healthy, we wouldn't be questioning this pick at all, and that's the major thing. That's why I was so low on him. It's just the red flags are really, really massive, and he hasn't shown an ability to stay healthy yet. I think the fit is really, really good with what they want to do. I think they needed to add size um, to the receiving group, not just height, because DJ Chark's six foot four, but he's very, very lean. They didn't have someone who can take the ball uh, and just provide tough yardage for them. I think LaVisca can do that. And I think if you have, I mean, a split backfield with LaVisca Chanel and Leonard Fournette, either one you hand the ball to, the other one's the size of a fullback, right? So. I think they could do some interesting stuff. I think it's a good fit in Jay Groove's offense. I don't think he had a weapon like this when he was in Washington. So it will be interesting to see what they do with him. But I like the fit. It just, like you said, was a little bit early. Yeah, their next pick I liked because I like this player a lot. Davon Hamilton mm -hmm. from Ohio State. Really good football player. Great one tech. Uh has a little bit of pass rush upside, uh, which is why that you, you can take a guy that's 320 plus pounds in the third round. He's not just a run stuffer. He's got nice hands. He's got strong hands. Um, and that's really what I saw from his game quite a bit. Um, I, I think that he can get better or not better, but more consistent using his hands, which I guess you can refer to as better. Um, but he shows those flashes. Um, and, and that's not just from a run stuffing perspective. That's also from a pass rushing uh, standpoint. So I'm really excited about him and, and his prospect at the next level. He's, he's going to be a fun player to keep an eye on. Yeah, I'm, I, I mean, I'm right there with you. I really, really loved him. He was in my top five IDLs for the class. We saw him at Mobile. We saw just how, and it's not that his hands are strong, but they're quick and they're active as well. And that's where the pass rush upside comes from. I don't think he's a great, athlete but i think he's good enough for his size and he provides natural strength so i think he has to get a little bit more consistent we didn't see him on the field consistently at ohio state they, they really likes to rotate their guys so i think that'll be interesting and i think jacksonville can kind of do the same thing they do have a Taven Bryan there so they have some bodies 
to play the three and the one tech. I think ideally he's in a situation early where he's just rotating in consistently, but he is providing substance on pass rush downs. Yeah, um, I think he's I think he's gonna be a a fun one, man. Uh, you know, especially with the rest of what what that defense provides. It's a uh, it's gonna be interesting to see if he does get many third down reps. I mean, because I I would imagine they're still gonna try to do something with Tavon Bryant, mm-hmm. um, even though you know he hasn't really panned out like a lot of people expected him to. I think that you know getting that big. Uh, 320 plus pounder in there is going to help the rest of those guys who are you know Josh Allen is a, a decent size for an edge rusher but Caleb on Chason is a little bit on the smaller side so having that beef in the interior is going to be nice to see the next pick was the 10th pick in the fourth round that would be Ben Barch from St. John's a D3 school and honestly I'm going to let you uh, take this one before I talk because he's an O-lineman where do you see him playing I think ideally, so for me, ideally, I think he probably plays on the interior. They didn't go out. So this is the issue. I think he's best suited, if he's going to play tackle, I think he's better suited to play right tackle. But the Jaguars took Jawan Taylor last year, who I think is better suited to play right tackle than Barches. So I think ideally, you're just going to move Barch on the interior. Probably play him next to Cam Robinson, if that's going to be the plan. Honestly, I really, really like it. I think it's a really good fit. And I think he profiles as a very elite guard prospect. I think fourth round was excellent value, and if you're going to play him at guard, I think he instantly comes in as an impact player. I'm really mad, man. I just went and looked on Jacksonville's roster to see if they listed him as something, and they list their guys officially as just O linemen. <laughs> I mean, All so of them. yeah, my guess is turns. My guess is turns. that Cam Robinson would play left tackle still, and Ben Barch yeah. would play guard. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, you know, coming from the D3 level, yeah. we, we saw in Mobile, it didn't look like he had any uh, athletic or physical mishaps. Like, he came in, and, and that's what you want to see from these small school guys is they go and they just dominate their competition all of the time. All the time. Every single rep. They're not used to going up against guys like this. And to see him go in and uh, really hold his own against some really good players at the senior bowl was was fun to watch now it'll be interesting going from the outside to the inside because he will be playing bigger guys but he was a tight end up until his junior season um he went in uh, wasn't he like 230 pounds yeah or something yeah when he his yeah um i think not in his junior season but when he first committed to the university i think yeah 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 low low 200s yeah, he was, um, and we all have heard the story about you know what his routine was to to gain all that weight, um, but and it's fun if you look at St. John's website, they do a year by year thing, and you can see him coming in as a, a fresh faced freshman um, that looked like a tight end in the face, and by his senior season, he looked all of three hundred plus pounds. Um, so you know we've seen guys like Brian O'Neill do that and, and play offensive tackle, go from tight end to offensive tackle at the NFL level, um, and, and be okay. Um, but kind of struggle with power. So I'm interested to see going all the way from tight end offensive tackle into the interior if he struggles with those, you know, behemoths on the interior. It'll be fun to watch. Uh, the next player that they took in the fourth round was Josiah Scott from Michigan State. Once again, I'm going to give him to you because you were the Big Ten guy. Yeah, I mean, 
with Josiah Scott, you're not getting a ton. I was kind of, I wasn't a huge fan of this pick. And the reason why is I think Josiah Scott's kind of like a poor man's um, Justin Lane. Shoot, what was his name? He wore number two. The Steelers drafted him. Um, but the inconsistencies are very prevalent in his film. I had a big issue. I thought he was at best a late day three guy. I just wasn't a fan overall of what you were getting. Uh, he's a little bit undersized at five foot nine, one eighty five. I think you know profiles best into the nickel, but overall the inconsistencies really, really worried me. I think he's got natural quick twitch athletic ability, which is going to help him. Um, but he's again not very big. He's not fond of tackling. Uh, he's really not an aggressive corner. He's he's solid enough in pick up and follow, but other than that, not someone I was a big fan of coming out. Yeah, um, I, I found it interesting that you said you know whoever wore number two, Justin Lane, um, who's a lot longer, name, but I, you knew his name. <laughs> I, it was. It's not like a one to one comparison when I think about it. But yeah. the issues that I had with Justin Lane are very prevalent with Josiah Scott as well. In terms of the lack of consistency, I don't think they're pro-ready, and I don't think they were overly fond of getting into the backfield. Yeah, like, I mean, I think he has good long speed, and I mm -hmm. think that I, I really like his ability to click and close, and, and that just comes from that reactive yeah. athleticism that he possesses. Um, I, I do agree with you that I, I think that he just needs to play a little bit more consistently from what I've seen. Um, I, I didn't do a full evaluation on him, uh, but you know, at the end of the day, he's a shorter guy with smaller arms. Um, who is going to be relegated to the slot. I mean, that's okay. It, that's a starting position in today's NFL. It, it is a starting p position in today's NFL, and I think that he can do it. But like you said, he does not have the, the requisite uh, physicality to really hold up at the next level on a consistent basis. So that's something that he's going to have to get into an NFL weight room and really, really work on his functional strength if he wants to you know, be a, a factor at the next level. Now, the next guy that they took won't have any issues with physicality at the next level. That is Shaquille Quarterman, who is a linebacker straight out of the 1990s. Um, talk a little bit about this man. I mean, the definition of a thumper, right? Kind of all, you know, his bread and butter is going to be making plays within the tackle box, you know, the inside run. That's kind of what he's going to do. He lacks functional athletic ability to be able to go sideline to sideline, very tight in the hips, not proficient in coverage. But if he gets a straight line to the running back, that running back's going to know that he got hit by Shaq Quarterman, right? That's kind of his bread and butter. Um, a very, very limited player at the next level, a one to two down kind of player. But honestly, when you have someone like Miles Jack and Joe Schobert who are so competent in coverage, a guy like Shaq Quarterman's not the end of the world, kind of that rotational third linebacker, really only down on obvious rundowns. I'm kind of okay with that, with the fit. Um, it was very early for me because I'm not drafting a one to two down linebacker. In the fourth round, it doesn't make sense to me, but I understand the fit with Jacksonville. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad fit. I, I I find his game interesting because he is that old school linebacker, but at the end of the day, he's like two hundred and thirty five pounds. Mm -hmm. But he looks so he's not he that looks big. Thick. Oh, he's stacked, yeah. and I think that comes from him just being a tick over six feet yeah. tall. Like he's Very not a compact. not a tall dude. Yeah, exactly. Um. And, you know, for, for me, like, I, I liked him and his ability to thump. Now, I, I, don't, I don't think he's as um, 
cerebral as a guy as like Evan Weaver is, mm-hmm. but I also don't think that he's as athletically limited as a guy like Evan Weaver is. Now, Evan Weaver went out and tested like a normal, you know, NFL player, which absolutely shocked the hell out of, I'm sure, all Everybody. of us. Um, which, you know, you don't have those issues with quarterman, but he is a, a one to two down linebacker. He's somebody who you're going to bring in when there are two tight ends plus on the field uh, with a running back. So you're, you don't really have to worry about him, you know, too much in coverage. You can line him up as your Mike linebacker um, in those situations, uh, or even as a Sam just playing on the strong side um, and just being able to come forward and set the edge or just, you know, come back into a little hooked curl zone. You don't have to, you know, worry about him playing man coverage. He's, you know, athletic enough to where if a running back swings out, he can carry him out there. He's not going to be so athletically limited that he can't get out to the edge with those guys. Um, but at the next level, he's going to have to be really passive when it comes to if that ball does swing out to that running back, kind of holding his ground and not being too aggressive because he is going to have issues uh, in the open field against, uh, at least against the sh- more shifty running backs at the next level. So it'll be fun to watch. I, I think that he's a good player, um, but like you said, just a little bit limited. The next guy, Daniel Thomas. From Auburn, he is a safety. Did you evaluate Daniel Thomas? No, I so did Let me not. tell you something really funny. So Zach Hicks is like the resident safety guru of draft Twitter, right? At least yes. that's what he used to be before he was a, a full-time Colts analyst. Daniel Thomas, his freshman year, when Auburn played Alabama, had two interceptions in like his only game of the season, or like his only prevalent playing time of the season. Mm-hmm. And his name just kind of stuck in my head. I was like, oh, I guess, well, you know, this guy's a good football player, right? The next year... Um, I don't remember hearing anything about him. But then two years ago, Auburn opened up the season against Washington. And it was like this big hype game. It was prime time. And Daniel Thomas was everywhere, like special teams, defense. And I was like, dude, this dude's amazing. He was not very good the rest of the season. But that game, he was phenomenal. And I had DM Zach Hicks. And I was like, hey, do you know anything about Daniel Thomas? He had responded. He hadn't watched any of them. And so for the longest time, I was like, Daniel Thomas is just like my guy. And then this year, it kind of just fell off, right? He really was just a normal safety. But when I found out he got drafted in the fifth round, I got so excited because I don't think he's a great football player, but he does a lot of things well. He's decent size. He's decently athletic. He's got decent, but like, it's, he's a very decent football player. I think he's a well-rounded, like, kind of in that perfect third safety mold. He can do a lot of what you need him to do. He's just not going to excel at everything. I really like Daniel Thomas, and I'm really happy he got drafted. So this was a pick I actually really enjoyed. He's definitely built well. Yeah, um, five ten on the dot, two fifteen. That's that's bulky, man. Um, and for him to be able to move the way that he does is very, very nice. Uh, I didn't evaluate him, but I do remember Daniel Thomas, and and I watched him obviously in passing. You know, with yep. some of these other offense or uh, Auburn defenders. Um, I think he was number 24 in college. Yes, he was. Yeah, But I, I yeah. just remember his game against Washington was awesome in his junior year. The first game of his junior year. Yeah. Um, and that so, game was uh, insane. Kobe Parkinson like won the game on a last second. Or no, no, not Kobe Parkinson. Um, Auburn had like a tall white receiver with long hair and won on like a goal line fade. It was pretty insane. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next pick was Colin Johnson out of Texas. 
I'm going to let you go on, Colin. Um, but I need to let the people know right now. I think this is a fantastic compliment to a guy like LaVisca Chenault. Mm-hmm. I mean, I as I mentioned earlier, talking about the LaVisca pick, they needed size in the receiving room. And Colin Johnson, if he brings anything, he's bringing size, right? Six foot six, two twenty, somewhere around there. Um, prototypical 50-50 ball go-getter. Not going to burn anyone. Not a phenomenal route runner, but he's got good hands. Good enough hands, and he's very good in the 50-50 scenarios. So I think what he does and what LaVisca Chenault do are, are pretty different, and so their abilities, I think they're both going to combine to be that extra boundary receiver opposite DJ Targ with D.D. Westbrook on the interior. You can run four wide with Colin Johnson out wide and LaVisca inside, or LaVisca in the backfield. I think both of these guys are going to get a lot of playing time. And for a fifth-round pick, I do think that Colin Johnson's going to see the field uh, a decent amount of time. I was absolutely shook when I saw his arm length, hand size, and wingspan. This dude is massive. Huge. A legitimate almost six foot six. Yeah, there's not a lot of humans in the world that make me feel short, and he is one of them. 222 pounds with arms that might go down to his hips, apparently. Like, that is wild to me that he is, that his lack of length is so, so pronounced like yeah. that. Um, but being 6'5", he's still going to be able to go up and get the ball. And we've seen some of the amazing catches that he's made, uh, you know, in, in the past here at Texas. It wasn't like he had a fantastic quarterback throwing him the football either. So he's caught his fair share of bad balls. Um, my thing with him is... You know, he, he's not the strong, like he's strong in the catch point, but I would like, and I think that, you know, that could be partially due to his hand size, is he's not the strongest at the catch point. And really, when you're a, a stiff, I mean, just like, let's throw it out there, he's not a good route runner. <laughs> and it's just because he physically can't do it. So it'll be interesting to see kind of where his, you know, pro career goes. Um, I like that he stayed for his senior year. Um, his junior tape was, was better. Um, and then, he, you know, we obviously got injured in his senior season. So his draft stock did uh, drop quite a bit. But no, overall, I like him. I, I think that. He's uh, somebody who is going to be a nice little red zone weapon, somebody who you can throw back shoulder fade to on third down if you have a quarterback that can throw back shoulder fade, which you know Jacksonville doesn't at the moment, but if they're bad enough this year, they might have one next year. Well, well, well. They also drafted a quarterback with this next pick. you tell telling me Jake Luton, Luton can't be the uh, quarterback okay, in the future? So I'll, t- so I'll tell you what with Jake Luton. What? He... Is pretty darn good. Honestly, I thought he was kind of fun at Oregon State. Like the the tools are there. No, no, they absolutely are big. I mean, he is yeah. quite immobile. Do you think who's a better prospect getting drafted, Gardner Minshew or Jake Luton? I like Minshew more by but, a lot. Or but, I'm just curious. Uh, I'm just curious by uh, a decent amount because they're drafted like, in the same had, area. Yeah, I mean, I would have had like a fifth on. Uh, I had like a fifth on Gardner. Gardner, mm-hmm. and I am a little bit lower on Jake Luton. Some people love this. I'm gonna dude. find out. It's Luton. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Luton as well. It um, is. It is. It is. Um, but no, I mean, good, good player overall. Um, big arm. I really like this you pick. Know, 
you see some of those throws that mm-hmm. he can make to those yeah. bigger, lankier receivers because of the uh, Isaiah Hodgins connection. That he got to, yeah. So it's uh, it'll be interesting because I, I do think that there will at least be a little bit of a quarterback competition there. Yeah, and I think, you know, I mean, when you're looking at it, there is a – so the Jay Gruden offense, their new offense coordinator, it sucks for every quarterback that starts in it. Like, it's a very, very good offense, and if a quarterback has time to grow and get comfortable, their numbers – that's why Kirk Cousins almost threw for 5,000 yards, right? Like, that's – like, it's a very, very quarterback-friendly system. It's just very, very difficult to grab a hold of. And so I do think that if Jake Luton, Luton has a better job or a fundamental understanding going through this system, that there is a chance that he could start week one. Like, I wouldn't be shocked. And I think if I was betting, I would say that he plays at least – he starts one game this year. Like, if I was a betting dude, I would. Because I think the Jaguars are going to be a bad team. Uh, I think they're probably going to be picking top five. And if you're struggling to win football games – Quarterback controversy always comes up, right? Gardner Minshew's not exactly entrenched as the team starter or franchise quarterback, even though some fans view it that way. I do think that we're probably, if I was guessing, going to see at least one game where Jake Luton's the starting quarterback. I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me. I'm going to be interested to see how bad they are because I think that, you know, a lot of that roster isn't very bad. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I just, I don't think that, the culture down there, yeah. there's something wrong with it. I think they it have questions fixed. at coaching and they have questions at QB, and I think that's too much. Yeah. All right, so their next pick was Tyler Davis from Georgia Tech. Um, yeah. I'm going to be honest, I didn't watch Georgia did I. Tech. I didn't watch any Georgia Tech prospect. I, I don't think I want. Yeah, I don't think I watch a single Georgia Tech prospect or watch Georgia Tech play any of the teams that I actually evaluated. I might not have seen any single Georgia tape, Georgia Tech tape at all this year. I don't know. Did Memphis play? No. I didn't want that. No. I have no idea. Um, I I might be in the same boat. And then their next draft pick, Chris Claybrooks. Did you watch him at all? Um, In passing, I just know he wasn't the best corner on Memphis. They have another guy who's TJ Carey? No, that's not his name. Actually, that might be his name. Um, But no, I didn't watch this Memphis corner either. No, uh, neither did I. not going to... The Beast uh, have any words on them? No. Wow. Uh, they were in. He. They were in the uh, best of the rest type <laughs> deals here. Yeah. So uh, weren't even worth write ups. Womp womp womp. All I know is that he's tiny, man. He's six foot tall. He's one hundred and seventy seven pounds. Jeez. And he runs a five four five. Wait, what? Yeah, so he's undersized, but he doesn't run fast. Wow. So, let's go over this again. C.J. Henderson, Caleb Von Chason, LaVisca Chenault, Davon Hamilton, Ben March, Josiah Scott, Shaq Quarterman, Daniel Thomas, Colin Johnson, Jake Luton, Tyler Davis, Chris Claybrooks. Outside of those last two picks. And, those last, and again, know, those last two picks are seventh round picks. Like, late, yeah, late matter. sixth and a seventh round. I don't care. Yeah, um, it doesn't matter. The only pick that I wasn't a huge fan of was Josiah Scott, but even then, I can see him. Like, there's potential for him to start in the nickel this year, which is good from him. But genuinely, best case scenario, I think they drafted four starters week one mm-hmm. and up to six starters by week 17. Yeah. All right. Um, so that's it. Like, we liked the Jacksonville yeah, Jaguars draft. Yeah. As a whole, 
the entirety of the class. I mean, they had a bunch of draft capital, and what you see is they actually used it, right? It was very beneficial. A number of picks on day three that I really, really loved. I thought they killed it on day one. So, I mean, to me, this is like an A-minus time draft in my eyes. Yeah, man, me too. Uh, I, I really, really like it. I wish that they would have, you know, gotten their quarterback at nine. But Who are you I taking, mean, Jordan Love? But, yeah, I mean, I might. Um, but, like, if you don't like them, if you don't absolutely yeah. love them, don't take them, and that's and okay. Worst case, again, worst-case scenario, right, we're talking – well, this wouldn't be worst-case scenario, but, like, if your quarterbacks suck anyways, yeah. you're picking one, two, three you – like, you're getting one of Doesn't matter, yeah. Lawrence Fields lands anyways, so who cares? No, I mean, I absolutely agree with you there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, honestly, like, when you can sign, you know, long-neck Mike Lennon, everything's going to be okay, true, man. True. All right. You have anything else you would like to say to the people? People, as always, I love you so, so much. If you made it this far, you're a real one. Duval fans, I know you're all out there. Uh, if you made it this far, tweet at me what your least favorite food in the world is. What's one food you won't eat regardless of where it's from? I will not eat hummus. I don't care. I hate hummus. It's disgusting, and I hate it. Fun fact, I'm not a fan of hummus either, so we're kind of lockstep there. Let's go. I think if I have anything to say to the people, it's that Activision, get your crap together and fix solos in Warzone, man. I want the Gulag back. This new thing where you just have 45 bucks and you can get automatically respawned back, it sucks. It sucks because everybody goes straight for the scavengers. Everybody drops there. You die. Everyone's playing like a bat out of hell. There's absolutely no strategy because as long as you have $45, 4500 bucks, you can just run around like crazy. It sucks. Change it back. And I love you too, people. Goodbye.